Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I am Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria. Melissa, we have some pretty exciting patrons this week. Who do we have? We have Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. Whoa. Welcome. Wow. Big get. That's a big, huge get. That's big time, baby. Honestly, it is. And if you're if you're a patron, also, like you're all gonna be in the same community. That's pretty huge. We've got Monica, Kylie, Kylie Jenner, what? Katrina. Hurricane Katrina. Wow. And then Abobamus, which I believe is anonymous, spelled with anonymous. Bs. Abobamus. And Amy. The Amy ghost Schumer. Of wow. Amy Winehouse and Amy Schumer. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Anyways, I am super excited for today's episode. And we have a great guest on. In honor of Women's History Month, I am going to focus our episode today on female serial killers. Wow. Yes. Not often talked enough about. So Rudyard Kipling's poem, The Female of the Species, <laughs> concludes that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. You see this in like animals all the time and like, you know, black widow spiders. And um, what are those uh, animals that rip off the heads after they praying mate? Mantises. Oh, uh, praying mantis. Praying mantises. It's true in the animal kingdom. And, and even um, what is it? Female lions, I think, are the ones that hunt. Oh, what do the man do? Sit around watching TV. <laughs> they be shopping. And be shopping. Internet shopping. <laughs> yeah. So it's true in the animal kingdom and it is true for us us women as well, also animals. To honor women, we will be discussing my favorite type of girl boss, the female serial killer. Yes, queen. <laughs> Distinctly different from the male serial killer. Here is a rundown on women who kill. So we'll just do a general explanation. We will have our guest and then I'll get into a few um, who are pretty interesting and distinctive. Female and male serial killers are very distinctive in how they kill. And there's a real difference between them. Women tend to kill for gain, also for money. Oh. So the real um, instinct that women kill is always for like a monetary or financial gain. Mm -hmm. And they also usually kill people who they have a personal relationship with. Husbands, friends, families, and unfortunately, a lot of the time it's children 
or it's people who they're caring for. We'll see in a lot of the people we hear about today that a lot of these people are like work in orphanages or they're nurses and they'll kill the people who they're caring for. Men don't really need a reason to kill. It's kind of like instinctual, psychological, and there's also a sexual component. Like there's a weird sexual release when it comes to men who kill. Although we will talk about one woman who does have a sexual component in her killing. There's only one. One in that's yeah. It. Well, honestly, there might only be one. Um, she nasty. <laughs> she nasty. So, anyways, uh, this is from Discover Magazine, and it's analytical scientific article about female serial killers. According to data, it says from Radford University and Florida Gulf Coast University. Don't know how reputable Florida <laughs> Gulf Coast University is, but FGCU. we'll just go with it. Yeah, you know um, that acclaimed university. Female serial killers account for just. 11% of cases in the past century. Whoa. In more recent decades, it's been 5 to 7%. Oh. Their prevalence is also far more stable, with only a few dozen operating in any given decade. Wow. Even as numbers for male serial killers soared above 700 people internationally in the 1980s. Dang. So there were 700 male serial killers in the 1980s, allegedly. Hot time for crime. Honestly, female serial killers are often described as quiet killers. They kill in a very different way from male serial killers. Male serial killers torture, they stab, they butcher their victims. They like leave body parts all over the place. They rape. Female serial killers prefer poison. Yeah. In 50% of all cases. Dang. They also smother. So like they do the old, the old pillow trick. They also tend to kill ways that are way harder to detect. They're way smarter killers. Yeah. They also tend to kill at home or at work, drawing less attention than the random far flung sprees common among men. So we've talked about serial killers before and like our guest later, uh, Tori, a great author talks about this as well, that a lot of male serial killers killed hitchhikers or a long highways or they would leave women in like alleyways and things like that. Women are killing in hospitals, orphanages, people's houses, hotels, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not just like leaving bodies all around town. In a 2013 paper, this article says, analyzing the characteristics of female serial killers, sociologist Amanda Farrell wrote that they kill on average over longer stretches of time than their male counterparts. As opposed to killing several people at once, they'll kind of stretch out their kills. They'll poison a victim uh, a little bit over a long time, which we'll get into as well, so that they die like a very slow and painful death. Cool. Right? Or a lot of these people are nurses and they call them like angels of death. So they'll give their patients like a little bit of like, morphine or like poison over long periods of time until they eventually like die or overdose like weird scary stuff like they enjoy watching them die slowly it's really women are crazy (laughs) like women are crazy honestly women are insane it's true (laughs) it's true what they say about us we're nuts we're crazy because a weird psychological component about female serial killers is they also like taking care of their victims as they're dying they'll be like poisoning their husband and also being like oh honey are you okay like let me fix it like i'm the only one who can help you we talked about a little bit leading into our um interview with tori munchausen's by proxy what was it dd blanchard and and um, yeah. Gypsy, she was like telling her daughter that she had all these medical issues and was like giving her all these medications that were mm-hmm. making her sick and keeping her in a wheelchair, but also taking care of her at the same time. Like there's yeah. a psychological component of like women needing to be caregivers, which is part of this serial killer thing. Yeah. Also, if we're going to get into it from an evolutionary aspect, there's something about like hunting and gathering. So this article continues that men are more likely to venture out and stalk or hunt their victims studying their routines, social networks, like preying on them, 
while women, on the other hand, tend to gather those near them. So that's why they're kind of collecting victims right. who, who are close to them. According to Farrell, 80% of female serial killers know their victims. And they often oh. live or work with them. Interesting. Scary. Your friend will probably. So if I was a female serial killer, I'd probably be killing one of you. Damn. I know. Maria. Believe me, I'm sorry. Prepared for that day. Or if Maria was a serial killer, Craig's cookies were probably poisoned. And oh. she's going to continue to send. And then the C's candy she sent me for my birthday, probably poisoned. Oh, no. The Porto's probably poisoned. Oh, and then she's no. killing me over, slowly over a while. Given these stats, I was like, okay, there's probably like 10 female serial killers mm-hmm. or something. It turns out there's like a bajillion and they've also killed tons of people. Damn. Tons over time. And they've done it in really gruesome, weird ass ways. Women are creative. So I'll just go through a list. I'm not going to get into the details of them. There's this woman, Leonardo, Leonarda. Chianculi. 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 We might have talked about her a little bit. She killed three people and she made soap and cakes out of the bodies of her victims. Cake. Whoa, 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 what do you mean? What do, yeah. you mean? what do you mean cake? Body cake. Body cake. No, like a meat cake? No, she would I think she would cremate <sighs> them and then turn their cremation like turn their well I think first she would turn their fat and their stuff into oh. soap and then she would cremate them and turn that put it like use it as flour for their cakes oh no. jesus what yeah. was her deal why creative she murdered three women wow so she murdered women wow with between 1939 oh, wow. and 1940 oh that's interesting a serial killer and a cannibal. Oh my God, you know I love cannibals. Did you know that Chian Shuli had 17 pregnancies during her marriage and lost lost three of the children in miscarriages? 10 more died in their youth. Wow. Oh, she killed them. No, it says she was highly protective of the surviving children. Oh, weird. It said her fears were fueled by a warning she had received sometime earlier from a fortune teller who said that she would <gasps> marry and have children, but that all of the children would die young. <gasps> what? Oh, listen to this. So then she, so the Romani who she visited uh, gave her a palm reading and told her, in your right hand, I see prison. In your left, <gasps> a criminal asylum. Oh, my Whoa. God. And she probably ended up going to both. She tried to commit suicide several times as a as a young girl. Her victims were middle aged women, all neighbors. She was um, served thirty years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum. Wow! Damn! Wow! A number of artifacts from the case, including the pot in which the victims were boiled, oh my god, are on display. Why? On display. They're on display at the criminal uh, criminal. Criminological Museum in Rome. Ooh. According to Sian Chuli's statement, she said she ended this is she's talking about Virginia Cacioppo, who she killed. She ended up in a pot like the Virginia other two. Virginia Cacioppo. Cacioppo. Yeah. She ended up in a pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the bo- boil, I was able to make some most acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet. Oh. That's so disgusting. Oh, Leonardo. Leonardo. To be fair, all these last names sound like like meals. Like I can understand why she got inspiration for these to be to, for these to be like. This is recipes. her talking about another one she cooked. I threw the pieces. This is about Faustina Setti. I threw the pieces into a pot, added Faustina seventy Setti. kilos of caustic soda, which I had bought to make soap, and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved into a thick dark mush that i poured into several buckets and emptied into a nearby septic tank as for the blood in the basin i waited until it coagulated dried it in the oven ground it mixed it with flour sugar chocolate milk and eggs as well as a bit of margarine kneading all the ingredients together i made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit though giuseppe and i also ate them oh Oh my god that is dark She's cool. Girl, that is nasty. girl, that is nasty. There's a play about her, a darkly comic play called Love and Magic in Mama's Kitchen. Oh my! God. That was on Broadway. 
on Broadway. Wow, this woman, yeah. This girl is crazy. The blood coagulated. You know, there is blood pudding. There's like, you, but oh. usually it's it's an, it's right. animal blood. But right. on the show Hannibal, he uses human blood. So I mean, it's oh. not unheard of to cook with blood. I wonder how many cannibals Ew. actually make desserts out of blood. Ew. Interesting. Okay, well. There's going to be some more that pique your interest. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> There's Carla, Carla Homoka. She was a rapist and killer, but she worked with her husband. Uh, they killed three people. I oh. always wonder when they're working with their husband, if it's like a little bit of a Stockholm syndrome. Thing, yeah, I wonder. Um, and what the pressure is. So sometimes I write that off, but maybe that's just me being, I don't no, know. No, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Uh, there's Kristen Gilbert. She injected patients with massive doses of epinephrine. She was a nurse. Fits the angel of death profile. Oh, she killed yeah. four people. There's Beverly Allett. She killed four people. She was a babysitter <gasps> who injected insulin into her victims. Oh. Horrible. 1991. She's still alive. Yeah. she had 13 victims, but only four died. Crazy. She was British. So there's that. In a do- there's a documentary, Trevor McDonald and the killer nurse, Alit reportedly told her close friends before her trial that she would never go to go to prison. After one week in prison, she refused to eat or drink and was moved to a another uh to a hospital. And then huh. t- some forensic experts uh, examined her mental state and concluded she was not mentally ill and she should be in prison not a hospital she's 52 now she's almost eligible for for release 2023 what but why what well maybe we can have her on the pod (laughs) she was given 13 life sentences with a minimum of 30 years jeez then there's Judius Wenwano. She was a third woman to ever be executed in the U.S. She killed five people. Myra Hinley. She raped and killed children. No, oh, five children. Super disgusting. Uh, Elizabeth Weiss. She was a midwife and she would kill all the illegitimate children. She killed oh, five children. God. Then there is uh, Catherine Bernie. She also murdered with her husband. So oh. I don't know about her. Interesting. Now people have emailed us about this woman. Sachiko Ito. Oh, right. Um, she was a, a self-proclaimed guru and cult leader. And she killed her cult members, known as the drumstick killer. She was a Japanese cult leader. She killed people with a chicken. For, yeah, KFC. <laughs> um, six murders in Sukagawa City between 1994 and 1995. A self-professed guru who claimed to have psychic abilities she killed several of her cult members during bizarre rituals involving taiko sticks. What? She killed them with drumsticks. Cult leaders be crazy. Wow. So how do you kill someone with a taiko stick? I mean, they literally are drumsticks. Do you stab them or like bonk them on the head? I would think maybe stabbing or just like beating them. But it's, I mean, it's literally like a drumstick. I don't think you could beat someone to death with that. She would have to have stabbed or something. Uh, Involved blows with heavy wooden sticks used for taiko drumming. Well, they're blown to death. She is, she was executed in 2012. Then there was Celine Lassonde. She hid babies in her basement and she hid dead babies in her basement. Uh, Six kills. Aileen Wernos, we'll get into her later. Kane Kojima, seven kills. Marianne Knoll, uh, she killed patients, seven of her patients. Irene uh, Becker, she was a nurse. She killed eight of her patients. She overdosed them. Dorothea Puente, she killed a victims in her boarding house. So she owned like a boarding house and she would kill the women who lived there. Oh, God. So she killed women. Yeah. A lot of these people killed. Yes. A lot of these people killed women, which is weird. And then these people we talked about who were cool, or we talked about them in the group chat. Seema Gavit and Renuka Shinde were a pair of killing sisters. They are two sisters who kidnapped and killed children. They killed nine people. Crazy. Yeah. They're on death row. Oh, currently. Yeah. They kidnap children and force them into begging and petty thefts. Dang. They're, oh, wow. This is so horrible. Their method of murder was starvation, Ugh. smashing their heads against walls or electricity poles. 
Oh my God. Uh, they were in India. Rosemary West, 10 kills, dismembered bodies in her garden and cellar. Charlene uh, Gallego kept victims as sex slaves. Oh, wow. Nanny Doss, we talked about the giggling granny. Nanny Doss. 11 kills. Geesh Gottfried mixed arsenic in victims' food while caring for them. 15 kills. This woman's horrible. Irina Gaidamachuk was a social worker who targeted elderly women. Was it to get money? It must be. She killed 17 people. Because I know we know um, the main incentive is always money. So a lot of these people have the life insurance policies. So she was a Russian killer. Oh. 2002 to 2010. She would kill, yeah, she would kill them with an axe or a hammer, then rob the victim of whatever money she could find. Oh. And then some, and then she would set fire to the victim's home to cover her tracks and make it look like an accident. Pretty smart. Pretty crazy. Lavinia Fisher was the first serial killer in the U.S. Broke the glass ceiling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Clementine Barbanette was an axe murdering voodoo priestess who killed 35 people. Okay. Amelia Dyer for she killed 400 infants, allegedly. What? Yeah. And then Elizabeth Bathory bathed in the blood of her victims, killed 650 people. What? Oh, yeah. We talked about her a little. The body count is like debated. The highest number of victims cited during Bathory's trial was 650, but they're not totally sure. I mean, even if you kill 100 people, that's still crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's still pretty bad. Yeah, but I think a, a lot of these are also probably like up for debate. Debate. Yeah. So those are um, some of the most, and I skipped over them, but those are some of the most famous female serial killers with the highest kill count. And as you can see, female serial killers can actually kill a lot more people than men can before they get caught because they're doing it in such a different um, way and a lot more privately. So let's take a quick break and then we can talk to our guest. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout outs, discounts, uh, ad-free episodes and video episodes, please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month or just do a flat fee for the year. So you could just do $30 for the year and you're done. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it on uh, an episode. Also, please call our hotline. Six two six six zero four six two It's the best thing that's ever happened to any of us. Uh, <laughs> and what a community through those voicemails. Sometimes you guys don't even call for us; you just call for each other. Yeah, and great. Uh, that's really great. That's fine. Uh, we love it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The incredible author, Tori Telfer, author of Lady Killers, Deadly Women Throughout History. And she wrote a great book that I have read a lot of. Uh, I'll admit, not the whole thing, because I was on vacation in Hawaii when I read it. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was a great idea. A nice light beach read. Yeah, seriously, a light beach read. But seriously, it, it has great illustrations. It goes through all these prolific female serial killers throughout history. It talks about what inspired them them to kill, uh, how female serial killers are different from male serial killers, their stereotypes and cliches of female serial killers. And it talks about it through Tori's female lens. So it's a really great book. We're lucky to have her on today. And she is going to answer some questions for us all about bitches who kill. So let's bring Tori on. There's this quote, it's FBI profiler Roy Hazelwood in 1998 declared in a homicide conference, I guess, that there are no female serial killers, which is crazy because that's obviously very much not true. What would you say is the main difference between like male serial killers and female serial killers? What I think Roy was saying with that quote, to be fair to him, is there aren't female, there aren't female serial killers that act like Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy. And that is pretty true. Um, like that, those kind of the big cliche, like when we think of serial killers, like the the people, almost always yeah. men, who hunt down strangers and maybe there's like a torture component or like a some sort of horrible sexual yeah. component. That I, I'm pretty sure like when Roy was talking at this conference, they were talking about that type of killer. And, and so that's sort of what he was saying. That being said, um, the quote is obviously not technically mm-hmm. yeah. correct. Female serial killers, they use poison a lot more. Ooh, like Nanny Doss. Yes, like Nanny <laughs> Doss, exactly. <laughs> they tend to know their victims. I mean, there's exceptions to all of these things, but you know, in ge- generally speaking, they tend to know their victims. They're more relational. They tend to get away with it for much longer because no one suspects them. Oh, that's very true, right? Yeah, yeah. And so female serial killers can have these pretty high body counts. Damn. Right. Not because they were like killing in a a manic rage like Ted Bundy was at the end of his freedom, but because they're not caught for years and years. And so they can like keep slowly poisoning family members. It's interesting, like, because psychologically, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I literally only know this from watching shows like Criminal Minds. (laughs) 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 But it seems seems like serial killers, or at least for male serial killers, there's always some sort of like sexual release component or like it's sexualized. Mm. So is that not true for female serial killers that the the instinct is different? That's a good question. I um I think yes, generally. There are some female serial killers who have expressed a sexual component. Mm. Like there's this one, she's not in my book, but her name's Jane Toppin. And she was a, sort of a classic angel of death, like the nurse yeah. who poisons her patients. Mm. And she did say that she... As she would crawl into bed with them and hold oh, them. Ooh. I know she was. She was so scary. She was just. Uh, I didn't put her in my book because there's already a great book about her. But she and she expressed having like a sexual release as they were dying. Gross, oh, gross, gross. Strange. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. She's the only one that I that comes to my mind. Yeah. Um, it's definitely more common in in like the list of names I just rattled off the famous men. Like there's an obvious sexual component. 
And I think for women, it's either not there or it's there in a non-obvious way, yeah. maybe. So yeah. you had mentioned that, like, you know, most women use poison and that, you know, they, they're killing people who are close to them. Who is it that, you know, they're mostly kill- killing? Is it like lovers or family members or what's what's kind of driving them there? Yeah, you it, you got it. It's like lovers, husbands, family members, sometimes children. Um, then you have a couple. So you have that type, like the the ones who are killing people around them. And that can be for insurance money or it can be because they like to kill, you know, because there are women who are very murderous, just like, like, like men. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you have, there are like killer nurses. And there are a couple examples of women who killed children. I didn't include any of these yeah. in my book because it's just, Little I don't dark. know, too much yeah, of a yeah. bummer. Even though I guess all <laughs> the, the other ones in my book are a bummer. <laughs> The other ones are really <laughs> uplifting, exactly. But, um, you know, back in the day, people would run these places called baby farms, which are kind of like, not really orphanages, but like poor parents would send their kids there and maybe like pay a little bit of oh, money wow. for these women to watch their children. And some of them were fine. And some of them were run by serial killers. So, oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I mean multiple ones there are a couple examples yeah so i think what was going on there not to go too far down this path is that the women who ran the baby farms and ended up killing children were i don't think they were necessarily like i'm gonna start a baby farm because i'm a serial killer but it was more like i'm getting say ten dollars a month for this kid that's in this bed but if i kill that kid then i can like get get a new kid in that spot and Whoa. get an extra $10 oh. a month. Yeah, so it becomes this really dark yeah. money thing. And the parents are poor and have no yeah. no voice and, and can't do anything about it. And Sorry. No, bummer. this is just what we're looking for. So, And they're probably not aware. Like, they can't visit and things like that. So they don't know that their child has passed away. Yeah. They're probably getting reassurance like, oh, your kid is fine, oh, blah, blah, blah. So they're they just racking know. up the kids. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, that's so scary. Yeah. What was the most interesting thing, I guess, that you learned through doing this research about female serial killers or or I don't want to say your favorite female female serial killers, <laughs> mm-hmm. but what was what was the most <laughs> profound thing that you kind of found through doing this research? Oh, um, there was this one case that I thought was really haunting in basically a village in Hungary where all the women killed together, kind of. Whoa. I know. I'm seeing some shocked faces. <laughs> and it became like this cultural thing. So it was a village that was very, there were not, there were no opportunities. Um, and yeah. like, there was a lot of poverty and you weren't supposed to get divorced. So basically you ended up having a lot of women stuck in these marriages to men who had maybe come back from war, I think World War One, and, you know, were maybe like, battle scarred from that and were then abusive and you had a lot of trapped women basically yeah and then you had this like village like witch slash midwife woman who was kind of like you know what you could do is (laughs) soak some fly paper in water and it turns into a poison and the knowledge like they like share the knowledge with each other so it became this thing where it was like is your husband giving you trouble Oh, you live with your oh in-laws God. and they scream at you all day? Like, here's an uh. idea. And it really happened. And it was like this open secret that no one talked about. And finally, some anonymous person sent a letter to a news uh, uh, newspaper in a bigger town and was like, hello, you <laughs> like someone needs to come and stop this. And so that was oh my god yeah so that's something you definitely don't see every day and that blew my mind because it was like we think of serial killers as these real lone wolf types and i think yeah sometimes they're not and that was weird it seems more like calculated or like yeah conniving not just to kill just to kill there's always like some sort of reason behind it right it's not just like a pure bloodlust yeah yeah i wonder if that's also like a big difference between men and women is like Mm -hmm. men are more solitary but women do tend to need more like 
you know, relationships or, you know, people to confide in. So it makes more sense that they might have, you know, a partner or, or a community that they're kind of resting on. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Cause I don't think that there have been really any male serial killers that like hunt in groups or, murder together that i know of i mean i'm sure there yeah have been, but there have been like not to that effect a couple who worked in a pair but like not a group like what i'm talking about in this yeah. village <laughs> like not a whole pack <laughs> yeah a murdering coven yeah <laughs> what kind of like cliches around female serial killers are there because i'm sure that there are a lot of cliches that kind mm-hmm. of like write them off as not as dangerous as men are yeah well i think one cliche or I don't know if this is a cliche as much as just a piece of misinformation, but is that poison isn't like a really terrifying, horrible way to kill someone like that. It's an easy way or like a not as scary way. And when I was researching, I found that it like poisoning someone is so diabolical. I mean, okay. If you, if you don't mind about getting caught, you could just give someone a ton of arsenic in their coffee and kill them. But These women didn't want to get caught. So they would do it very slowly over a long period of time. And it is so creepy. Like it is an agonizing way to die. These women would be nursing their victims as they're killing them. So they'd be like, it's so weird that you feel more sick after that cup of tea. Like, let me give you another one. Like in the sixth sense, like the daughter in the sixth sense when the mom keeps... It's like Munchausen by proxy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like people don't comprehend how creepy that is. And there's this idea that like, that's not as scary as Ted Bundy. And I'm sort of like, is it not as scary? More scary. It might be more scary. Yeah. It's like the slow torture of someone over like a period of time. (laughs) Exactly. While you're smiling and pretending that you're trying to nurse them back to health. Oh, that's yeah. scary. I don't like that. Sorry. That's incredibly, incredibly <laughs> sociopathic, but also, again, like kind of speaks to the difference between men and women, yeah. where it's kind of like men need this instant gratification. Right. And women also kind of like are more in caregiving roles, but also have, you know, the murderous tendency. That's so. It's so weird. Scary. Yeah. When it comes to like being on trial and stuff like that i mean is is there this bias with them i mean are they more likely to get off or do people see it as even more diabolical because they're so few and far between when it comes to the the, between them and guys Mm, that's a great question i so i don't have the hard stats but i'll tell you what i've encountered i think it's sort of both (laughs) like yeah it depends what the defense is arguing and, and what the prosecution is arguing. But you do see some examples of women getting off or getting a lighter sentence because they're women or because they're a mother or whatever. Um, maybe right. not so much with serial killers, but like the women who inspired Chicago, the musical, you mm. know, like uh, Belva and Beulah, like they both got off because the juries were all men and they were like, these pretty little ladies couldn't have done it. <laughs> Do you know, I? Wow. this is the first time I ever found out that Chicago is based on a <gasps> <your> story? <laughs> Girlfriend. It's, it's oh real. It's all true. I had no idea. It's all I mean, real. I know they probably didn't sing throughout the trial, but it's so exciting for me. <laughs> they did. They sung throughout the trial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, the trial it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I did an interview on my podcast, Criminal Broads, with someone who wrote a book about one of the women on Murderess's Row. So if you want the full story, she tells it. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait. So just, I mean, we usually do this at the end, but what what is your podcast? Where can people find that? Hopefully you can find it on all podcast apps. <laughs> if it's not there, yeah. let me know. <laughs> um, but it's called Criminal Broads. And it's about... Oh, I love that. Each episode is either on a female criminal or sometimes I do a crime fighting broad. Oh, sick. So that would be like the first female detective in New York City, that kind of thing. Like a, a badass. Oh, so cool. Yeah. I'm going to have cool. a our, one of my other episodes for Women's History Month is about female um, detectives Ooh. and female people in the FBI. So I'm going to have Fun. to have you on again if you're interested. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be great fun. if you're like, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I, like, I can talk about like one of them. <laughs> okay, perfect. 
one one will, one will okay, do. Cool. <laughs> so so yeah so chicago so that's an example of like the gender bias benefiting the female criminal but you do also see like the other thing you were saying maria like the extra hatred sort of for the women yeah. um you know and i think it's like because they're not women aren't supposed to be so evil so you'll see right. um them really being torn apart in the press i I mean it's hard it's like weird because of course male serial killers do also get heavily critiqued in the well like casey anthony i was just gonna say yeah casey anthony like super 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 hated to this day even Mm -hmm. though technically like she got off and um, amanda knox as well yeah that's another good people still hate her and like yeah think that she did i know that's a really it's but so then the, yeah and to that effect like there's this also like sexualization of yeah. male serial killers where it's like ted mm-hmm. bundy's hot mm-hmm. you know and i mean i take part in that where it's like the night richard ramirez. attractive richard He's ramirez hot. and Sorry. these and the female serial killers are like vilified for you know either their for appearances being hot. or bad parent for being yeah. hot yeah. yeah but like amanda but like amanda knox like foxy knox like it's Noxie. like becomes part of the story of Crazy. like sexy college girl kills roommate and that's what makes it into the story it is you know what i mean yeah yeah so they're they're seen by the public and you know like entertainment by hugely different standards that's an interesting mm-hmm. that's an interesting mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Are are there any female serial killers around now? Where do serial <laughs> killers go? Are there any bobbing around go? now? Good question. <laughs> um, there probably are. I just they have not been caught yet, to my knowledge. Yeah. But we do seem to be in a post not a post serial killer world, but like yeah. we um, I've like thought about this so much. We um don't there don't seem, quote unquote, to be as many serial killers as there were in the seventies and eighties, and that's when all the big names happened pretty much like every, yeah. everyone you that comes to mind serial killer is 70s 80s maybe 90s because eileen wernos yeah 90s. 90s yeah 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 people there are a lot of different theories why there were so many back then from like the explosion of like highway systems so people could get around more to lead in the water <laughs> to oh yeah. I've, I've heard that yeah, yeah. to hitchhiking being a you know, a culturally acceptable thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so now um, there's this, I read this great book by an academic who studies serial killers. Cool job, right? (laughs) And he, (laughs) (laughs) and he was saying that our big fear now is not the serial killer as a culture. It's the terrorist or the mass shooter. And so, you know, like, who are you afraid of when you, walk down the street like yeah i'm gonna guess not so much like a john wayne gacy richard ramirez not that they're not right scary but like is that the top of mind fear no yeah it's just a random shooter exactly yeah that's yeah it's interesting and it's probably not easy it's easy to get away with stuff anymore with dna evidence and all that stuff yeah and, and cameras everywhere <laughs> and cameras everywhere yeah that's such a good point there are people posting on instagram like at the grocery store with like a gun <laughs> yeah it's like, uh. well, he was had the gun. He was good. Yeah. yeah. And the the uh, access to porn and stuff. Mm. And guy, and if you want to be sexually, oh, yeah. you know, stimulated, you can find whatever you want on the internet. You don't have to go finding it mm. in diabolical Ooh. ways with real people. Yeah. And violence, too. Like, there's so many violent video games that if you wanted to kind of like, uh, and uh, what is it? Virtual reality, that if you kind of want to act out those fantasies, there's so many ways that you can do it in a realistic way without actually, you know, bringing it into reality. Yeah. So maybe that's another reason why. So it's porn not and as- video games have been great. They've been really actually Honestly, super yeah. beneficial for <laughs> society. It's a hot take that we have. If you have like any, are there any last like insights that you think our listeners should know about like female serial killers or a certain female serial killer that you think people should know about uh, or or a cliche um, or misunderstanding you want to dissipate? I think everyone should know about Nanny Doss, who we mentioned earlier. Do you, <laughs> did you mention her because you've talked about her before? We did an episode. Okay, on never mind. Us. Oh, like a year ago. <laughs> she was the killer, ago. the killer granny, yeah, right? the giggling granny. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, like granny. That was her. Okay, you know all about nanny. That's an important. Yeah, that's an important piece of knowledge. There was a song. Wasn't there a song about her? Was like there? Nanny Doth. Oh no, that was Nellie Bly. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Nellie Bly. <laughs> We've covered a lot of weirdos. Tori, if people want to read your books or listen to your podcast or find you online, where can they do so? They can find me on Instagram, Tori underscore underscore Telfer. That's my really only social media. Um, my books are Lady Killers, and I have a new book out called Confident Women, which is on con women. Oh, awesome. Ooh. Awesome. Oh, it's, six. Yeah, it's a romp, sort of. Um, and you can find those anywhere, <laughs> Amazon, local bookstore. And then you can find me at ToriTelfer.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tori, for all this insight. This has been so fun. Oh, and, thank you for having uh, me. We'll have to have you on again. This has been uh, great. This is my pleasure. Thank you all. <laughs> <laughs> have a good rest of the day. All right, you too. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Tori. So to piggyback off what Tori said, uh, I was so interested about this group of female serial killers in Hungary that she had mentioned. This sounded so crazy to me. I decided to research it. It's called The Angel Makers of Nagriev, which I'm probably mispronouncing. And they operated um, from 1914 to 1929 in Hungary. So they were this group of women who were living in this village and they poisoned like 40 people, apparently. And they were led, like Tori said, by this midwife named Zuzana Fazekas. Uh, and there's a documentary if you want to watch it. It's called The Angel Makers. Ooh, yeah. Susanna was kind of like the HBIC, like head bitch in charge of this <laughs> town for all the women. The, you know, the HBIC. You know, the HBIC, <laughs> as they put it. So she was like the wise woman or, you know, like the midwife or the woman, like the elder uh, for all these women. She also would perform abortions for the oh. women who needed them in the village, like secretly. She would constantly like be in trouble for doing this kind of stuff, but she always got off. Oh, my God. I just Googled Susanna Fazekas and it's a yeah doctor in Cleveland. Whoa. Uh, who has a rating suspicious. of four point eight out of five? Dermatologist. I think it's a different Susanna. I think I think it's different. But... I'm sure, but it's just funny that it's a dermatologist. Or what if they're related, or or <gasps> she's immortal? She's immortal. Well, I got a picture. Can you show me it? Because I just found a picture of Susanna in like the back in time. Let's the old timey Susanna is a is a handsome woman. She's a handsome is the correct term. Yeah, <laughs> she's very yeah. handsome. She's a handsome yeah, woman, yeah, as they the say. Picture. <laughs> um, yeah, she has strong features. That would suck to have the same name as like yeah, a, a serial, a serial killer. killer. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hi, my name is Ted Bundy. Can I get a reservation for three? Okay, so this is what's interesting in Hungary at the time. A husband, like an adult old man, would choose a teenager in the village. Ew. They would have to get married. And, like, divorce was not allowed no matter how the husband acted. So, like, the husband could cheat. He could be an alcoholic. He could be abusive. He could do whatever. He could, like, rape his wife. And there was no Jesus. divorce allowed. Tori touched on this. But, like, during World War One, all these men went off to war. And this small village, Nagriev, was a great place for holding, like, prisoners of war. So a lot of prisoners of war were staying or like locked up in this village. Mm -hmm. And the women ended up falling in love with these prisoners of war. So while the men were away, these women were having like affairs with the prisoners of war. Sounds fun. It honestly does sound fun. <laughs> um, so when the men returned, they were finding that like many of their wives were having affairs and it was like this whole bad situation. So Susanna was like, hey, you know what we can do? <laughs> we should kill all of our husbands. And the women were like, Susanna, you cray, but why not? Ooh, why so, not? <laughs> so why not? So Susanna realized that you can make arsenic by boiling flypaper and then like just taking off the residue. Fly What's flypaper? Flypaper, like what you hang up, like fruit like, flies, like what you hang up in your kitchen. Oh, that's what it is. I think so. Oh, it has a extremely sticky and sometimes poisonous substance that traps flies. Oh, I don't know. It was poison. I thought it was just like sticky stuff. They probably don't use the poison anymore. They must have used to. I can't imagine they still. Why would the, you even need? The fly gonna die? Yeah. Why would you even need poison? And all you would need is just something sticky. But they they probably they. I feel like they used to put poison in everything. I'm sure. Like in, yeah. In, poison yeah. would like radiation. 
water poison was yeah. everything. <laughs> water was it, like, paint, when you, like it was just everywhere when you would figure out your shoe size they would have these like x-ray machines that you put your foot in like this was back in like the 50s and 60s no no and it was just full of radiate just radiation coming oh out of everywhere oh my god like put your foot in here and it just like (laughs) injected radiation into your body that's insane like (laughs) it's crazy they're gonna find out in 10 years that like things we're doing now are crazy you know yeah flypaper history historically metallic arsenic was used in flypaper seems like overkill a little bit but whatever yeah no pun intended uh but it helped these bitches because they would boil it and then use it to kill their husbands genius and then once they killed their husbands and took their inheritance oh yeah or took their you know their leftover money or their life insurance Susanna was like hey you know who we should kill now (laughs) our our parents and take our and take their inheritance and so then oh. they started killing off their parents. Oh, my so God. Like, because keep in mind, all these girls are young. These girls are probably like 14 and married and 15 and married. So their parents aren't too old. Whoa. So they right. would kill their husbands and then they would kill their parents. And these women were getting like rich. Then Susanna was like, do you really like that guy you're having an affair with? <gasps> like, why don't we kill him, too? So then... All these people were ending up dying in this really small village. And it was just like ending up being like Lord of the Flies, just like a group of women killing everyone. That's crazy. What's the documentary? Yeah. Called? The Angel Makers. I gotta watch that. Angel Makers. A lot of these um, people, they would just throw in the river oh. after they killed them. And then they started washing up in a nearby village <gasps> and they tested the bodies and they were full of arsenic. And they were like, um, all these bodies are washing up full of oh arsenic from like, and they're clearly washing up from this village up, up the road. Um, we should look into this. Crazy. So they ended up, they ended up looking into it and then all these people got caught and, um, How went long? to jail. Oh, it lasted 10 years. Yeah. 1911. They were killing for a long time. Or 1914. Whoa. That's, yeah, that's a long time. Holy shit. Yeah, so crazy. And this is, like we talked about, one of those rare instances of women murdering together. So this was kind of like, I mean, this was like a gang. I don't even know if this is serial killing. This is like a gang. Maybe this is the first all-female gang. That would be interesting to kind of look into. So then a few more serial killers that are worth note. Um, Lavinia Fisher, um, who we said, and this is up for dispute, uh, is the first female serial killer, so they say. But this is questioned because we don't know if she's a legend or, um, if she's, if she's maybe never killed anyone or if she's killed a large, a large amount of people. But she was part of like a, a gang of men who, who lived in like a house off the highway with all these outlaws. Lavinia would invite like male travelers out to dinner and ask them questions and see whether or not they had money. And then she would give them poison drinks. Damn. And then once the men drank their poison drinks and went to bed, she would go up to the room and kill them. Apparently, this is the craziest part. So this is one part of the story that's might be a legend. Apparently, Lavinia would put a lever on the bed that they would sleep on. And then she would pull the lever and the bed would collapse and drop the victim in a pit full of spikes. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like a booby That's trap. That's one alleged thing. Yeah, like a booby Whoa. trap. That's cool. Yeah. Then there's, uh, I'll go through real quick. There's Jane Toppin. She was an American serial killer called Jolly Jane. She confessed to 31 murders. When she got arrested, she said that her ambition was to have killed more people, helpless people, than any other man or woman who ever lived. She was a sex worker, then went into an insane asylum, then she was an indentured servant, and then she trained to become a nurse. And that is when she started killing people. Tori touched on her. She is the one who was sexual with her victims. So she would kill, she would, as a nurse, she would kill her victims with morphine, see what it did to their nervous systems. And then she, as they were dying, she would get into bed with them and fondle them as they died. Yeah. Women be crazy. (laughs) So gross. Then, of course, there is 
Aileen Warnos, uh, otherwise known as Charlize Theron. She <laughs> was an American Charlize. serial. <laughs> Charlize. Uh, she was an American serial killer and also sex worker. She murdered seven men, uh, by shooting them, which was, the reason she's different from female serial killers, uh, other female serial killers, is she chose a more um, male way to kill. Right. Most female serial killers do not use guns, and also she did it mostly out in the open. And she claimed it was self-defense. She claimed that these men were trying to rape or sexually assault her. However, that was not determined to be true, and she got the death penalty. We learned that at her funeral, she played Natalie Merchant's Carnival. And it was her favorite song in jail. She played it all the time, apparently. Good song. Yeah. Finally, last but not least, I just thought this was interesting. Juana Barraza, she was a Mexican serial killer and a wrestler dubbed the old lady killer. (laughs) And she killed 49 elderly women. (gasps) She bludgeoned, strangled and robbed them. Oh in her wrestling in her wrestling costume what are you serious yeah she actually looks like the pink power ranger oh my god that costume yeah wow pretty crazy she was like a famous wrestler and then she was wow. like would wrestle by day and then like kill people at night wow. that's crazy she's still she's still alive yeah. So anyways, that's a quick like dummies guide to female serial killers. <laughs> There's so many. Yeah, so many. We will get into more detail um, about some of them, maybe in Patreon episodes or in subsequent episodes. Yeah. But for um, Women's History Month, I just wanted to educate you about, <laughs> you know, how female serial killers, they exist, they out there and they are different from their male counterparts. If you have um, a favorite female serial killer or know any crazy stories. Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden, another one, another very famous. Lizzie Borden took an ex, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Wow. So crazy. Yeah, the original Menendez. Have I told my serial killer story? The hula hoop teacher? Looks like I have. Well, tell it again. Maybe well, people just, don't. Just, yeah, tell it again. Because that was a while ago yeah. you talked about that. Well, you have a serial killer story too, don't you, Melissa? Not a serial killer, but a killer. My When I was younger, there was like a paint crew painting my house. I must have been like nine years old or something. And this guy would always stay late like with me and my mom. And he would like teach me how to hula hoop. And he would like work long hours and like ask my mom if she needed help with the dishes and stuff like that. And was like super, super nice. But my dad would always work late. So my dad was never home. My mom and I didn't really think anything of it except for that it was weird that he would always stay later than the other guys. But my grandma was always like, that guy is weird. He, I have a bad feeling about him. Anyways, all of a sudden he stopped showing up for the job. And my mom said, you know, where's so-and-so? And the owner of the company was like, I don't know. He just disappeared. We're not sure. Then a year later or so, we're watching the TV And it turns out that he was a serial killer who killed sex workers. (gasps) And um, because I guess his like mom was a sex worker and he had all this animosity. And so then he went on a rampage and was killing sex workers in Los Angeles and like all these other places and was on the move from like one place to another and crazy would and would take like temporary jobs and do his dirty work and then go from one place to another. What was his name? I don't know. You I don't gotta find out who. And I asked my mom. And yeah. She, I know. And I asked my mom and she didn't know either. She said he was like a redhead, like a white redheaded tall dude. What year would have this been around? Like how old were you? The 90s, like 94 probably. Hmm. I, we have to look into it more. Yeah, we probably f- figure it out. Anyways, it yeah. And so I think he was like nice to me and my mom because he thought it was like a nice family environment or whatever. I don't know. Right. But I mean, maybe he would have killed me and my mom. I don't know. So that's my story. Please email us if you have anything interesting to add. I am Allie, the female of the species seagull. I am Melissa, angel of death, Stetton. <laughs> and I'm Maria... Um, soap making blasucci. Uh oh, <laughs> don't buy your soap. Don't buy my soap. Don't buy Maria's soap. <laughs> Bye. An Erio's original. 
powered by ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 